Welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson. And we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to uh, another episode. We always appreciate when you're tuning in. And as usual, we are sponsored by Rube's Brews. Please check them out on Instagram and or Facebook. There's some new, uh, the weather's getting a little bit colder out there. And I think Rube's has some uh, warmer beers planned. So please check them out. Facebook, Instagram, Rube's Brews. All right. Well, hey, um, I have to, first of all, I have to say uh, a little bit of an apology to my fans. I know that the last episode that we did, I said that there was no way that the next episode was going to be another Star Center's GM. It wasn't planned. It wasn't the idea. um, But I'm going to go ahead and go back on my word because today we have, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, a very special guest. Uh, We have today Jared Numigret. Did I say that correct? It's uh, Nemer Gut. Nemer Gut. be German, Nemer Gut. So say it again. So actually, this, yeah, say yeah. it one more time. So Nem. Nem. Er. Er. Gut. Gut. Nemer Gut. Yep. Okay. Uh, when people usually say it, I feel like they've said it before and they say it uh, really clean and I, I didn't really pick up on the syllables there. So uh, I, I, I hope, that, uh, hope that you forgive me there. But uh, anyway, so we, we've kind of been on a little bit of a, a tour of the Star Centers lately. Uh, I'll call it a, a GM tour. We've had... Uh, uh, can I can I call these guys your friends? Can I call Dan Morris your friend? Can I call? We'll call them uh, peers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, yes. Uh, so so we, we we've had your friends on, and so uh, you know this is kind of like week three of what I'll, I guess I'll go ahead and call the uh, the GM tour. But for everybody listening that doesn't know, Jared is the general manager at the ULIS Star Center. Yes. Yeah. I'm telling everybody, you already know that you're the GM at the ULIS uh, Star Center. But anyway, uh, so I I am here today. We're we're going to chat a little bit about. Uh, how you got into hockey and possibly how you got into the the rink business. Um, One thing that's been fun with both Dan and Kenny is that we can talk hockey, uh, but then we can also kind of get into uh, the rink business. Because as far as the guests that I like to have on, I really like to have hockey guys or or rink guys. As long as there's somebody that's kind of in that uh, that area, I think that usually we can uh, have a good episode here. But uh, anyway, uh, you're going to have to start off the same way that everybody starts off the show. I want you to rewind time. I want you to go back. And before you even hopped on the ice for the first time, I want you to kind of go through... How did you get interested in the sport? How did you, um, you know, some people it's family, some people it's a friend that, you know, had them tag along. Some people, for most people, it was, uh, it was going to a Stars game, but uh, I just kind of want you to walk us through uh, how you got into uh, the sport itself. Yeah, so that's actually, um, it's, it's pretty easy to remember. So I was born in Texas, but uh, at a young age, we moved to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And once we found our house down the street from us, were two brothers, and their dad had played minor pro hockey. Mm -hmm. And as everybody knows, if there's a hockey player in the house, there's hockey equipment in the garage. Yes, always. A lot of hockey equipment. Yes, and there was a ton of hockey equipment in the garage. Mm -hmm. So you pick up a stick, dad's out there playing, somebody's got to be the goalie, you go find a PVC net or, you know, makeshift soccer goal, Mm -hmm. and it starts starts in the driveway. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and the and a lot of and when you say the PVC, what happened with the PVC when I was growing up quite a bit is that it would break in like small increments, so that you would you would kind of like break one of those uh, PVC pipes, but then you'd kind of like duct tape it and try and get it together. Um, the life of those it, it would it would last you a little while, but at the end of the day, uh, it ended up being just kind of like a taped uh, together uh, construction. Yeah, of, it was of... minutes before or <laughs> something went wrong. Or, yeah, yeah. Or your makeshift net yeah. was was completely useless, but. But, yeah, I mean, that was... It got you through. Yeah, yeah. It, it was something to aim at. Mm-hmm. That was that was the goal. Right. 
but yeah, I mean, we started with that, and then as we got a little older, rollerblades became a thing. Yeah. And so it was driveway hockey, or mm-hmm. there was a, a church in the neighborhood that didn't mind if we uh, used their parking lot because they were well, only there on Sundays. Well, and, and and I hate to interrupt you here, but it's funny because this is kind of like the first time, like I've had a, quite a few people on and, you know, sometimes stories kind of enter uh, interweb, right. if you will. But the funny part was I had a similar situation to where, and I don't know what it is about church parking lots, but that was always what we would try and go do. But we'd usually have to try and get like the blessing of like the church itself. Like, so it's just a bunch of kids and like usually like one of our, you know, adults, dads, or whatever and just being like hey like do you mind if uh you know we come out and play but if something about just the smoothness of the the church parking yeah, lot top notch I, I don't know if it's just something that churches do that we're like hey we want to have a very smooth awesome parking lot but i want to say that like that's something that we started to really shoot for was the church parking lots yeah they just there's something about the parking lots of the churches they so, don't like they don't like rough asphalt I no, guess. no I, I guess that's what it is but it, it was just funny that you said that because i'm like man like when we grew up like and we had to play outside <laughs> it was like you know we usually would try and find the churches that and, and they were usually pretty uh there's a couple times you ran across some like insurance uh you know uh liability issues where we couldn't do it but uh uh churches uh, just keep uh keep your parking lots uh, nice and smooth uh, i think there's some roller hockey players that are uh, trying to get out there but uh anyway uh jared uh, sorry to uh, interrupt no, no. but uh continue because there's a lot of these stories that start off with you know if you want to call it cul-de-sac hockey or driveway hockey or you know what it is but it, it's cool that you start off that way because that's how i started off yeah no and i mean that was the regression onto the ice the the rink that we grew up at had the full sheet and then they had a mini sheet behind it mm-hmm. and by mini sheet i don't think it was as big as a zone right um, but a place you could train a place you could shoot. yeah and so his dad would their dad would rent that out every now and then and that's the first time we got on the ice to play was with the dad and a couple other folks and this mini rink. And then that was it. I was, I, I was hooked on street hockey, but then once we got on the ice, yeah, was, well, that and, was it. And, and I kind of bring this up from time to time on the podcast, but it's one of those things to where, you know, some of the times these parents are like, Oh, is my kid going to enjoy it? Is he It's like, well, just like give him a stick and a ball and like send him outside. And like, if he enjoys it after a couple of days, like he's probably going to enjoy the skating part. Like there's, there, there's kind of ways that, uh, that you can kind of ease into the sport. But like, if you, you know, if you see your kid and, and you, you think that he's interested in it, just, you know, uh, allow him to just kind of, uh, to get out there with a stick and a ball. Cause it's just, it's an easy way to kind of figure out if this is something they might be into. Yeah. And we, we spend a lot of time, you know, at the mall mm-hmm. on the ice, public skate. Yep. And whenever I, I talk to folks about skill development, that's one of the things I talk about, you know, street hockey is great because you work on your hands. If, if you're playing in your tennis shoes or deck yep. hockey or whatever, yep. Then go to a public skate, work on your skating. Because it's really difficult to put both together. Yeah, yeah. Like uh-huh. if I said, hey, learn to skate and stick handle, yep. you can't only focus on one thing at once, right? right? And so I really felt it helped with our skill development. One, there was little to no pressure at a public skate, right? Uh-huh, yep. um, so you're going to play around, you're going to goof around, you're going to get better yep. naturally. Mm-hmm. And then playing street hockey, same thing. We weren't worried about skating, standing up, knocking someone over. Yep. And so once you stepped on the ice... It didn't take long to, to get everything to mesh. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Um, and when I was up in, because uh, I moved down here from Vermont, but the rink that I was working at in Vermont, it was a seasonal rink. Um, so we would have ice in for eight months out of the year. But then during the summertime, like it would just be bare concrete. And we were trying to, you know, kind of figure out ways to, you know, bring, because we would do things like uh, we'd have bingo and we had a, a circus one time. We were literally just a, a big building that was open for uh, anybody to come in and do anything. But what I did is I actually started uh, ball hockey. 
And uh, we actually cut the rink in half because ball hockey running around, you know, a lot uh, of work. Too, uh, that's just a lot of yeah. work. But we, we, what we did is we cut it in half. And what I did is I ended up getting a lot of uh, what I'd consider like hockey parents that had never skated before. And they're like, well, this is kind of like I don't have to learn to skate, but I can get out there and kind of just I can shoot. I can pass whatever. After we put the ice back in, after we did uh, the ball hockey kind of like mini season or whatever, there was, I want to say, probably four or five uh, parents that played ball hockey that were like, oh, like, well, I want to learn to skate now because they were actually into like the sport. Right. But it was just them. They checked one thing off the list. Right. I I know how to stick handle, shoot, pass, or, you know, I'm comfortable with it. But but it's a daunting task to be like, hey, you need to learn to skate, shoot, all at the same time. It's like, no, that's not really how most, you know, this is not really how it goes. Because And everybody kind of has different ways of, you know, how do you get your kid uh, ready or available? Sometimes, like, if, if I, you know, I don't have any kids, but if I had one and I, you know, wanted him to get into hockey or whatever, I'd probably get him out there at like three or four, just have him skate around for a couple of years. Yeah. Just have him literally get out on the ice, skate around for a couple of years. And then as soon as you put a stick in his hand, he's like, oh, this is not a problem. Yeah. But there, there's this thing to where I feel like some parents are like, oh, like, you know, why is he progressing? It's like, oh, because you asked him to learn everything all right. at once. Like skating is just hard in itself. And like, if, you know, if you just do it enough, it, it, you'll get better. Yes and, yes. and so in high school, we were, our rink was the same way. It shut down the summer a roller hockey rink opened up yep. and they had deck hockey. Mm-hmm. And I think it really helped me be a smarter hockey player because yeah. if you're a puck chaser or you, you, you want to drift out of position, mm-hmm. go put some shoes on and run around. Oh yeah. 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 It will keep you uh-huh. locked in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you, you, you time everything because you're like, Oh, I don't can't cover here and go there yep. and be there. Yep. I'm too slow and I'll get exhausted. Right. You, so you, you think the game a little differently. Yeah. You play, yeah. Be, yeah. Be, well, because, because you can't just like, as soon as you stop moving, you don't glide anywhere. Yeah. Right? yeah. You're and just done moving to get going and to stop takes a lot of effort. Yeah. 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 So no, I, it, you know, I always tell people like street hockey, uh, you know, playing on your tennis shoes, there's benefit there yeah. because you have to think the game differently. Yeah. And honestly, in a way that I think a lot of coaches want, you're, you're, you gotta be more responsible. Yep. So it's uh it and it was a blast. I saw some of the best stick handling I've ever seen was ball. Uh, well, oh yeah, no. Well, and the, the funny part too is you know how we were talking about the you know us cutting the rink in half or whatever. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, and especially with what I would call cul-de-sac hockey, like you're playing in such a small area that there is somebody within a foot of you at all times. Yes. So you're learning body position, like uh, ball or puck control, whatever it is. But it's a it's a much a much more uh control game because like you said you can't move as quickly so you have to protect like you really have to protect that that pucker ball and especially when you have because you know how this cul-de-sac or you know ball hockey thing works especially if it's a neighborhood type deal anybody can get it at any time it could be a three-on-three game it could be 10 on 10 it could be and you never know and at the end of the day like you know uh stick handling in a phone booth if that's kind of what you want to call it like that's kind of what it allows you to do and i kind of tell this story quite a bit but i you know played a lot of roller hockey growing up uh, my dad actually owned his own roller hockey rink for a little bit. He took a little break from the ice business, uh, bought a roller rink for a little bit. So I did play uh, uh, quite a bit of roller. But there was kind of this thing between uh, Tulsa, which Tulsa is a big metropolitan area. But then there was a rink that was built out in Coweta, Oklahoma. And this roller rink was like probably a, a little bit bigger than your office here, Jared. But all of those kids grew. They grew up on that rink. They played on that rink. It was so small. What, a lot of those kids ended up playing uh, ice hockey 
they were the best stick handler. The Alexans, if anybody from Tulsa, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Uh, the Alexans, and uh, I believe their dad's name is Drew Haley, um, but he he ran a roller rink out in Kuwaita, and each one of those kids, as soon as they stepped on the ice and kind of made that transition from roller to ice, their hands were so good. Yeah. And it's because literally it'd be like them and their buddies and everything on a roller rink that was probably – a uh, sixth of the size of a normal regulation like yeah. rink. I it mean, go- hockey concentrate like. go- going and playing. Yeah. But, but the thing was they were just so good at protecting the puck. You couldn't break the puck off of them. And then what's funny is that now there's such a huge uh, focus on small area games. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, what are small area games? Like forever. Quick decision. It's like yeah. those things have already existed, but it was more it was more in roller hockey. Yeah. Like it was more in street hockey, cul-de-sac hockey, things like that, you know? Yeah. No, it's and I I'm a big proponent for roller. I played roller in college. Yep. Um just it's a great off season training tool. Like I said, it's a different game. Mm-hmm. Four on four opens it up, you get more touches. Yep. As a goalie, um, now they have some things that that help you slide put on the pads and you slide a little bit better yeah. we used to not have it it taught me patience yep mm-hmm. you know and yep. again the guys could stick handle elevate the puck yep um and it was a very offensive game and so you you learned how to wait it out yeah yeah, yeah. versus yep. being so aggressive yep. and um you know i i still i still advocate for it. it's harder and harder to find yeah uh-huh. yep. but um i so i help with the college program that runs around here yep and it's it's hanging in. Yeah. yeah. Well, but and, and here and here's the thing, Jared. And I don't. I I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I don't think this is a hot topic at all. But I think sometimes there's certain ice coaches that are like, no, like no roller hockey. Like that's gonna. It's like yeah, yeah. like no. Okay. So would you rather him go home and play video games or would you rather have him go play roller hockey? Yeah. Because we're talking about when you're not on the ice. Yeah, and, and the idea that it messes with your stride or other things is it's that's a little false. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. And and I mean. TJ Oshi, big right. roller guy. Right. I think most people put him in a shootout. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. hands. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Brandon uh, Peary. Over and over again. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that um Pat Maroon. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, he played roller right after he won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I guess he ended up with his boys yeah. back in uh, St. Louis. Bobby Roberts. Ryan. Yep. yep. I played at a tournament and he was playing in an, in obviously a higher division. Mm-hmm. But uh and that was during the lockout. So yep. I mean he's you're talking he was a current NHLer at the time and mm-hmm. And to watch some of the the guys that are superstars yeah. with that background, it, yeah, it's well, it doesn't, it's not gonna hurt. And, you. Yeah, no, no, and well, and I, I think that's, I think that's my argument is like, look, like I, I get, you know, it's different than ice or whatever, but it is not going to hurt you. No, if your kid, if your like your kid is not gonna go out and play two hours of roller hockey and come back and be worse at yeah. ice hockey. I know like, a lot of guys that you know, um, they were kids at the time. The first time they stepped on the ice, people were like, "Where's this kid from? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's from here." Where's he been playing? He's been playing inline. Yeah, yeah. Their yep. first time on the ice, they stand out because, like I said, their hands, yep. uh, you know, tend to be a little more crisp. Um, they tend to be a little faster, fleet of foot because yep. that's the game. Right. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't yep. really be lumbering around, and you, you don't necessarily hold your position. Everybody's involved. Right. Yeah, Cycle, yeah. move. Yep. yep. And it's funny because the NHL keeps drifting in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yep. They want to be roller hockey without being roller hockey. They want right. it up and down. They right. want north south higher scoring games. Right. You know, let's um, and they want to head that direction. Yeah, I mean they're they're short of getting rid of the blue lines and making center line off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just where it's the fastest <laughs> kid, which is which is funny sometimes when uh, you know because there used to be this argument. You know, you'd look at a prospect where and be like, he's too small, he's whatever. Now, if they're fast and elusive, like okay, like you still have to like be able to 
Like, you know, it, yeah. It, look it, at Debrinket. Look at Gaudreau. Like oh, there yeah, are yeah, guys but, that that. But even even and this this is years ago wouldn't have been considered. Well, and here's the other thing too. Like you know, Cole, uh, Cole Caulfield or Gold Caulfield, whatever whatever uh, he wants to be called these days. Um, he uh, it's one it's one of the. I think he's gonna be a good player. Like I don't necessarily. I think it's too early to be like, well, he's gonna be elite player for a long time. But when anybody ever argues that he's too small, it's like, well. Give it like in, in three years, the NHL is going to be even smaller and right. smaller and smaller and faster and smaller and smaller. Like there's still a lot of guys that are skilled enough to keep their roster spots. But if you're looking for like the, if you look at these kids that are getting like rostered, like it's like, they don't even care about size anymore. No, like they're like, they want, can you keep up? They want fast D they want, yeah. you know, they want puck moving D they want D that can join the rush. They want, you know, so it's one of those things to where it's, it's it's coming it's coming sooner than I think a lot of people are aware. Yeah, like yeah, no, of, of how that. Yeah. yeah, speed and puck control. Yeah, it's, that's what they're looking for. <clears throat> and you know, at the end of the day, and I, I don't mind it, but at the end of the day, if the you know if the NHL is trying to, and they've been trying to do this for a long time, but I feel like you know if the NHL changes a rule to make it more offensive, it sort of changes the NHL at the time. But what it really does is it kind of sends an alert to like the younger kids of like, okay, this is what. Right you need to start. So like they can make some of these changes and you're like, well, that's kind of weird, but really it's the kids that are coming up. It's like, Oh, like certain rule changes are going to benefit different types of players. Right. So they're almost saying like, Hey, uh, we're going to change these rules because these are the types of, you know, it almost changes the value of certain players. Right. So it's, you know, yeah, no, it, it cascades down and, and it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how that, like you said, the changes in five years, how that right the, is the true effect. Right, they're they're more of a, a hindrance. Right, when they're first initiated, because everybody's <laughs> roster is built. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. For and what used to be. Right, right. Yeah, no, and it's it's been interesting watching the the speed game develop. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's it's more entertaining. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it fits what what an American view, viewing audience wants to see. Yeah. Um, is uh, even a hockey purist? You know, I love a good one nothing. Yeah, game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not going to sell a lot of tickets, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just that's the nature of it. Is it's it's not as exciting, unfortunately. Yeah, like, no, and 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 I get like that. a pitcher's duel. Like, yeah, yeah, love yeah, to yeah, see yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. Well, you're a goalie though, so you like the defense. Yes, yeah, yeah. It starts at the net. Now, <laughs> you know? Oh, and I always, you know, I I I tell teams, I'm like, it's easier to win three two than seven six. Oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, especially with the way some of they they score. So yeah, well, yeah, well, uh, no, I did. Uh, and Jared, I, I I enjoy going off on these tangents, and you're a lot of fun to talk to. But I I still want to get through your story. Um, so you oh, yeah. are so you're you're starting to play ice hockey now. You've moved down here though now. No, no, or I, you haven't moved down. I forgot yeah, where we are. Okay, yeah, so, so you haven't moved down here yet. I ended up uh, hopping in the net a lot during roller hockey and street hockey. Mm -hmm. um, I was. A little bit better as a forward than some of my friends that just they didn't play hockey right and so i would play goalie so they could play out and and it was just a little more fun mm -hmm. and then i just stayed in net yeah and um i actually didn't i never had played i think i played one season of house league goalie and then went straight to high school yeah and up in indiana high school is darn near equivalent to travel it's not minnesota level no but yeah that's what that's yeah. if you if you want to play competitively that's yeah. yeah and i i we had four goalies try out and i i ended up starting yep and so the rest was you know that was it i was stuck in the pipes mm -hmm. uh, we moved after my sophomore year came down back to texas and then i played junior stars 
um, finished my time out there and decided I was just done with hockey for a while. Yeah. Um, had some offers to play junior hockey or at least try out, mm-hmm. uh, played hockey night in Boston and just decided to pass. Yeah. Um, I got married when I was 18 mm-hmm. and so I was, didn't want to be in that necessarily in that world and kind of knew where my ceiling was and it wasn't very high. Oh yeah. No, and no, so no, no. went to college and mm-hmm. then picked up roller hockey again. Yeah. And funny enough in roll in college, I only played one season in the net. Yeah. yeah. Went to North Texas and we just we had a lot of good goalies. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would skate out. And, um, once we finished there, I ended up working at the rink yeah. in Denton through, uh, the early two thousands, yeah. um, before really taking, it was quite a long break between hockey. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and if you don't mind me kind of uh, go, going back here a little bit, but I always kind of like to, um, I know that a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of hockey parents that listen to this. And um, it's one of those things, whenever I have uh, an old school guy like you and me, because I'm 35, you're just a, a little bit older than me. Um, but it's one of those things to where when you talk about like, because I, I feel like you need to say it now, but you didn't need to say it back then. But it's almost like, OK, like I didn't I, d- I decided not to go play juniors or college or whatever. But the opportunities back then were different than the opportunities today. Like I, f- I really felt like back then, you know, if you were to think about the, the, the opportunities to play back then, like what kind of opportunities did it really give you as opposed to just going to college? Because what you have now is you have a bunch of people that are like, well, I played college hockey. But I also went to like a good college and got education and did all those things. I'm from Oklahoma. It was, you know, and I'm not saying I had offer sheets from, you know, big colleges or anything, but I decided to go to Oklahoma State University where there was no, there was no hockey. Like there wasn't an opportunity to really, there was an opportunity to go play juniors. But like you said, at that point, like I know that I'm not, I'm not going to the NHL. Like, and, and this is nothing against people continuing their dreams right. especially now because there's more opportunities to do so but back when i feel like you and i were kind of going through the thing you knew if you know it's almost like you only made that step if you really thought that you could make that step yeah you and were, like you really, really had to be pursued and, and yeah yeah the college i mean the the acha club level yeah wasn't anything close to what it is mm-hmm. down here the North Texas Ice Hockey Club at the time was in and out of the good graces of rec sports. Right, yeah. Um, while the Roller Hockey Club, because the, the fees were so much lower, yep. and the team was better. A lot of the guys I played ice with or against were already playing in that roller mm-hmm. league, and so I figured that's where the competition was at the time, too. Yeah. Um, and again, I was like, all right, if North Texas has a team, but you're always having to travel to Houston or yeah. Austin. Like, like I said, there's just... There wasn't the concentration that there is now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And same with juniors or, you know, the N.A. None of that existed. Well, but I feel like today you can kind of go, for the most part, you can go and take care of your educational needs or whatever and also play college hockey. Yes. It wasn't that way when I was growing up. It's like, no, like, you you have to really kind of pick, like, what do you want to do here? Yes. Like, this isn't, yeah, because it's like, you know. Uh, you know, and even when, even when I was starting to get up, like OU, which is a decent uh, ACHA D1 yeah, yeah, program I think right D1 now, program. they're you know they're doing pretty good. But like even when I was on my way out, like a bunch of my really good hockey buddies, you know, that's what they decided to play. But I think they were that was at the beginning of their kind of because uh, I'm 35, if, just to give everybody kind of a, a time frame here. But um, it was just kind of and those were really 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 good hockey players yeah, at they the time. Were great. You know, but at the same time, like even they knew that there wasn't a good chance that they were going to go play anywhere. Yeah. But they had a, they had a good team that they could play at while they went to school. Yeah. And they were able to 
connect to other competitive teams. Oh, yeah. So they weren't yep. just rolling, you know, small schools in, in you know, Texas oh, yeah. and Louisiana. And all well, that. and the other thing I think that really helped them is, uh, like I said, when I was uh, graduating high school and, and headed to college, like I thought about going to OU but decided to go to OSU. Um, but it was one of those situations to where um, – Oh, you had, and I can't remember his name, but they had like a, a big backer, a couple Steve people Doug that Miller, I believe. Was that, that, okay, that might that might be it, but I mean, there there was team, but my buddies are calling me. We're on team, but team bus. Yeah. Like what? You just what? You know, because this is right as it's getting going. Yeah. This is right as it's picking up. I'm like, what? Like I'm at OSU. I decided, you know, I'm like, what's going on? Like I'm literally OSU had a, a club team that played men's league at Oklahoma City. <laughs> so I, I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to Oklahoma City tonight. They're like, oh, we're on team bus, and they got videos yeah, I'm playing with four guys and like with stinky gear. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But, and, and at the end of the day, I'm just like, man, like OU, what is going on at OU? And now today, you know, it's 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 gotten uh gotten gotten to the point to where it is today. But I just remember back in you know back in the day, it wasn't so easy. Like you really had to commit to that dream. You couldn't just. 50 50 it yeah no it, it, it was very different it's it's you know kudos to those that that yeah. take that leap yeah because it, it's because it, i mean it's a, it, and i'm not telling anybody not to believe in their dream right but hopefully nobody takes that yeah. away from this yeah no and, and we just knew different. we weren't good at yeah that. yeah yeah <laughs> just... shoot on me you'll figure it out pretty quick <laughs> but but no it's 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 one of those things where you're right the, the opportunities they were more they were farther north yep um fewer eyes down here mm -hmm. than there are now now i mean when oh it's way different now I'm, we're handing out scouting sheets yeah you know yeah. like it's it's a very different look and feel yeah uh which is fantastic i love oh, it's see great it. yeah i love yeah. you know seeing the you know blake coleman is, yeah. is uh -huh. the, the the great example right now of yeah. of texas hockey at its peak and and he came about in that 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 time that you're talking about where yeah ou was getting its legs you know you had the stars elite and some other things that were really starting to to form right and there, there's dividends now. A lot of kids playing college hockey from Texas. Yeah. A lot of kids playing in a and you know higher level junior yeah. from this area. So it's it's fantastic <clears throat> to see. Yeah. Well, and there's more weight behind it because I, I guarantee you, you know, because one thing I will say, you know, my dad's family, my dad, they're all you know Northerners or whatever, and it's it's hard for them to like give respect. Right. You know, it's very difficult for them to even imagine that there's good hockey going going on down here. But it's one of those if you just like stick to it, you know, kind of like oh you did or Arizona State, you know, right. some of the, some of these ones, it's like no, there is good hockey because what they don't realize is that, and I'm not saying this is this has to happen, but they don't realize that a lot of the good coaching down here, it's come from generations and generations of what they were doing up north. Right. Like, but, but it's like, it's no longer that Northern and Southern thing is very, and I think this is good for the sport. It's going away a little bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's becoming more of a destination. Um, you know, as coaches move, either they have full-time employment that brings them down or the hockey opportunities bring yep. them down. Mm -hmm. You know, you're starting to see that the, the blur in the lines, the, I think the thing that does separate the North from the South still is the parents level of oh, oh, knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like we were talking about earlier, the connections you have to hockey as a kid up north is yeah. my neighbor's dad or this person or that person. Yeah. So you're getting that informal coaching. Yeah. From day one. Yeah. And you didn't even know any better. And and the the funny part is when I had uh Dan on and we we went through our episode, it was really kind of cool because what he called it and it made a lot of sense to me was generational information. Yeah. They're literally telling you before you even know, like, you know, my dad taught me a bunch of things before I even knew what he was telling me. I'm yeah. like, why are you telling me all this? But then when those things came up, I'm like, oh, this is why he right. told me this. This is why um, you don't have as much of it down here. 
Now that's why we crank out NFL quarterbacks. Well, yeah, right, players, right, 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 like right, that's right. That knowledge base right. is passed down. But passed down. But but uh, but the the other part of this too is I feel like um, up north because I uh, I coached high school girls hockey up north. We had twenty three girls, a high school team of twenty three girls. Our our town only had three thousand people of population. So I mean. Uh, you know, obviously hockey is a, a little bit bigger up north, but one of the things I really enjoyed, and this is not, I do poke at the parents a little bit on this show, just because every once in a while I get a little bit frustrated as being a coach and, and being around it. Um, but one of the things I thought was nice about like coaching high school is like, I was really coaching for the high school. I was employed by the right. high school. It, there, there was no communication between the parents and the coaching staff. It all went through our athletic director. There was like a it was a good little just separation, you right. know, because he was able, and he wasn't even necessarily a hockey guy. He was, you know, from football team, baseball team, whatever. But it, it was just enough separation to where they understood that we were in that position because of what we knew. We weren't like, you know, gifted this job. Like there's a lot of the people that wanted it, but it was one of those things where even if they disagreed with maybe systems that we're doing or whatnot, they understood that like it was our job to do and they didn't need to be involved. Yeah. And, and again, that's the generational thing, right? Like if you have knowledge as a hockey parent or you played, you tend to let coaches coach. And I'll give you an example, being in this, the Dallas star system, a lot of Dallas stars, kids play. Mm -hmm. Now one might think that they would be overly involved potentially in the coaching, in the training. It's the exact opposite. Mm Mm-hmm. They let the coach coach. Right. They don't insert themselves in between, even though they're an expert yep. on hockey. They yep. play at the highest level. Yep. They let the coach coach. They show the coach that respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't try to one-up him. And um, they let that run its course. Yep. Because the true understanding is there is little a coach is going to do in your youth league days that's going to stop you from achieving Right. With the exception of creating an environment where you dislike the game and you quit. You quit, yeah. And they understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these NHL players that come from the smallest of small towns, they don't even have the opportunities that a kid in Dallas has as far yep. as coaching and all that. Mm-hmm. It's their raw talent. Right. Um, a couple lucky breaks and the fact that they just developed, you know. And, and that's what – it's hard – to tell parents or to help folks understand that that wall, even if it's not in place, you can sit back and relax. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's probably because if you don't have that institutional knowledge and you don't yeah. know the path, you get a little scared, and so you want to you want to insert yourself yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to say, "Sit back, relax." Trust me when. All you know is football or basketball yeah. or, or something else. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and, you know, put myself out here. But, you know, I've uh, you know been coaching for a while. And what I get a lot, and sometimes this isn't even in a, in a negative way. I'm not saying that a parent's coming to me and being X or whatever. Um, but when somebody comes to me and they're like, well, you know, like I coach baseball or I coach football or I coach. It's like, OK, like we can definitely agree that there are certain standards that every coach should, uh, you know, maintain or like these are things that any coach doesn't matter what you coach okay but as long as i fulfill those standards everything after that you need to leave up to me right you know like because you don't understand the game you don't know why i'm doing what i'm doing and the other thing too is that i feel like this is with parents when parents watch games 
they watch their kid on the bench. They watch their kid on the ice. They watch their, they're not watching the whole game. They're not watching every player. They're not watching what I'm watching. You know, they're only focused on their player. And sometimes it's uh, not hard for a coach to do it. A coach should be focused on all of their players, but it's one of those. It's like, well, you just watched your kid out there the whole time. You didn't watch, like you didn't take a step back and look at, look at it from a team perspective and how, you know, how, how the team is working with your, you know, individual son or daughter, that's playing this game, right. you know, you're, you're only focused on that. And sometimes if, if I could just give parents just a little bit of advice is like, take a step back and just watch, watch the game sometimes. Right. Instead of necessarily just watching your, watching your kid and enjoy it. Yeah. It's going to go yeah. by so yeah. fast. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to be, it's, it's going to be a blip on the radar. Yeah. And if you might miss it mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it, it stinks because I, again, I know folks want the best for their kid, but sometimes the best is just letting the kid be yep. a kid uh-huh. and have some fun. Yep. You don't have to, uh, um, you know, beat down the coach, the officials, the other players on the team. We're going to bring people down to bring yourself up yep. or to help you feel better about your players standing on the team. Like I know it's a touchy sh- subject for so many people. Um, and it's, you can't ever really truly convey it other than if people kind of think differently about what's the goal, you know, right. Like what, why am I doing this? Yeah. And why isn't, why is my, why is my son or daughter doing this? And mm-hmm. are they having fun? Did they, and we talk about this a lot in our, in our youth league, the, the true measure is where a child starts at the beginning of the season and where they end yeah. wins, losses, goals. assists. that really doesn't mm-hmm. matter in the big scheme of thing. Did they develop? Right. Yeah. And same with, with any, um, travel organization, high school, whatever it is, if, if you truly want the best for your child, did they get better over the season? Yep. You don't worry about the breakout, the power play, the penalty kill. That changes coach to coach. Right. So getting caught up in the, the minutia of those details doesn't really fulfill that goal of, ex, of, of helping the player excel. Right, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's skating, passing, stick handling, shooting. Mm-hmm. That doesn't involve power play, penalty kill, five on five, yeah. shootouts. Right. Those all add up to help. Right. But those individual elements are what are going to help get you to the next level. That people, you know, they, they say this all the all the time in football when you're you're not Alabama and you're recruiting a top recruit. Right. You tell them the NFL drafts players, not teams. Right. Yeah. Going to Alabama is great, but if you're the third string corner. And you never touch the field. Yeah. You come play for our team and you're out there all the time. Mm-hmm. Who's giving you their shot at the NFL? Right. And kind of the same with, with hockey. You yep. know, like don't get caught up in the wins and the losses mm-hmm. because there are plenty of players that are on last place teams that well find their way. And it's funny too. And then, you know, this, this, this will be kind of one of the last things. We'll get off the parents here, but. There, it, it's so funny sometimes the difference between because you know if you've ever coached before you know how your team feels about you you know how they feel about the season you know where they're at mentally if you're a good coach and you're on top of things you know you know that about your team and the funny part is sometimes like you hear from parents this that whatever it's like sorry you're not a part of this like as much as they want to be like right. you're really not like your kid is enjoying the season. He is getting better. He's literally checking off all of the bo- he or she yeah. is checking off all of the all of the boxes that that you know would be a successful season. And it, it's one of those to where, especially when they get to a, a certain level, these kids are making their own decisions now. Right. They're doing like 
you're almost at this point a spectator. I know that until they leave your house and they are completely 100% independent that you technically have, you know, some say in some things, but you know, these are older, you know, older kids now, or at least with me, cause I'm coaching high school. Like these are older kids. They're making the, their decisions. If they're getting better and they're having a good time and they're having fun, like th- th- there's just, they're on the team. You're not playing hockey. Yeah. They're on the team. And sometimes that, cause I coach JV bronze, but sometimes that's the first year that parents are like, Oh, like I don't have really that much to do with that. It's like, no, you really don't. Yeah. Like, and it will sort itself out right. as, as players develop. So yeah, it comes back to sit back, relax, right. enjoy the ride. Cause it, it will be over right. before you know it. And you, you know, do you want to look back on those days of you arguing with the coach? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or a yeah. kid having fun because I mean, those are the memories you want to bring with and, you. And know? and sometimes here's the other part is sometimes these parents don't realize that those are some of the more fun year. Like I, yeah. I still both my mom and dad, like they they try and stay in contact with a lot of the other hockey parents, what you'd consider like my travel team, like there because it really does become like kind of like a family or whatever. Right. You know, you have people kind of like, you know, uh, pass away or this and that. Um, but it, it's one of those things to where they miss so many of those other parents that were also right. on because there's, they still go out to lunch every once in a while or whatever, but they're used to seeing each other on the road every weekend, having meals together right. for years and years and years. I mean, we're talking about, you know, especially with Tulsa because, you know, it was pretty much the same travel team every single year, but you know, it's like the parents enjoy it too. Like they, they really, they do become family with like other uh, parents and it, it's one of those things to where if they they can either spend that time creating good relationships with people that do become more than just hockey fellow hockey parents right. they become family and friends and do you want to spend that time just all upset or do you want to spend that time like enjoying what will literally never happen again yeah on well, the last point i'll add is you know as a goalie after a game i can tell you about every goal mm-hmm exactly what happened, what I did wrong, what what could have been different. Yep. I couldn't tell you about a lot of the saves unless I made something that was just ridiculous. Right. And when I interact with a lot of, of these former pros, it's the losses that stick with them. Yep. The losses are what drive you. They, they help you become better. They teach you. Mm-hmm. You don't learn a lot in a win because you kind of are focused on, hey, we won. Right. You don't really, we did everything. You don't dissect it. We we, we did everything that was possibly. Right. What like, could we do better? Right. We won. Where right. with a loss, it, it sticks with you. And so losing, it builds character. And it really mm-hmm. will help show a parent how dedicated their athlete is. Because some people, yep. hey, I'm, we lost. It stinks. Yep. On to the next one. That's fine. That's, yeah, that's, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are other people who are like, okay, we lost. And uh, now I, I, I got to talk to coach. I want right. to hit the ice more. I need to work on my backward skate. And that is the telltale sign yep. that, okay, now we now as a parent, let's go to that next level. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, it looks like they're content with this, which is, again, yep. that's fine. Why, why push them? Right, yeah. You know, yep. if that's not what they want. And so... But but to looking to look at losses completely as a negative is mm-hmm. it tells me you haven't really competed for much right on a long timeline because mm-hmm. those losses will stick with you right yeah, yeah yeah they drive you and they make the wins even better yeah but it really does also um, like I said I'm coaching JV Bronze and you know this sounds terrible but not everybody on my team necessarily has to be 
hundred percent competitive and have to right. like want it because that's not necessarily it's a, it's a high school club sport. I I I hope they do. Yep. I hope they show up and I hope they want to be like that. But then when you have uh, my captain last year, after almost every because we weren't we weren't a great team, but we. We, we were a good team as far as like staying together and battling through and doing those things. But our, our uh, win loss record wasn't great. But as far as just the team, bunch of really good kids, but I have my captain almost after every loss, he's like, coach, I, I'm just, I don't like losing. Like, I want to know what I, what I can do to like get better. And it was one of those situations to where like he ended, he ended up, I don't even want to say on the bubble. Cause I think he was going to make it, you know, the, the next season he was going to make it onto the higher, you know, JV team or whatever. Um, but it was one of those things when that conversation came about about like, who do we take out of these kids or whatever? I was like, this kid, yeah. this kid that literally asked me after every loss, what he could do to get better. Not, he didn't blame anybody. He didn't yeah. whatever, but that's when you're like, okay, like now that I see that a kid expects more, or wants to do more. Now I can kind of help him get to where he needs to yeah. get but there's nothing wrong with not being that way. But if it is that way, it's almost a coach's responsibility to put him in a position to where he, he can use that as a benefit. Right. And, and, and so much of going to the next level's attitude and mindset. Yep. And a lot of people don't ask the yeah. player. Yeah. And yeah, who doesn't want to play in the NHL, but that's not the mindset I'm talking about. Right. 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 It's the repetitiveness. It's getting up, going to the rink, putting in that work day to day, throwing on that wet gear at mm-hmm. 6 a.m., and that wears thin yeah. on a lot of folks. Yeah. And I've seen so many kids by the time they're done with their 18U, that's that's it. Yeah. You know, and some of it's hey, they thought they wanted it, they didn't. Others were pushed. You know, there's a million different reasons why, but it, it just kind of comes back to that idea of sit back, relax, and watch. Yeah. Yeah. And ask. Yeah. And I do think it's important too. And I I, I want hockey to grow. I want people to, to love hockey as much as possible, but I've also seen situations to where, uh, you know, kids towards their high school or, or towards the end of it, they aren't as competitive or they've kind of figured out maybe I don't want to do this. And they're afraid to tell their parents and they right. end up losing time of their high school life or, t- you know, that yeah. they could be doing things that they'll never get to be able to do again. Um, so, you know, sometimes it works the other way to where it's like if you push your kid too hard and he doesn't feel comfortable not doing what he thinks that you want him to do or she, I always do this where I say he, but or or she, it's one of those things where I I feel like I've seen that a handful of times too, where it's like, they just keep pushing through because it's like, well, this is what my parents expect or whatever. But I feel like that comes from lack of communication between the parents and their kids or them not feeling comfortable talk or their kids. If your kid's not comfortable talking to you about it, like maybe is there any chance that like you were maybe too hard or like, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, it comes back to that that focus of achieving your goal. I mean, right. it's it's like asking, do you want to be a millionaire? Yeah, I want to be yeah, a millionaire. Yeah. Okay, but let's talk about the reality of getting there. Right. Same with yeah. going to that next level right. in any sport. Do you want to play at that next level? Well, yes. Yeah. Okay, now let me break that down into to, the yeah, segments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do this, this, plus this? And that's when you start to sort folks out. We're like, oh, hold on. Yeah, yeah. I got to do what? Yeah. Yeah, that's not for me. Right. And I think people forget that there's a there's a chasm between what you want, what that reality or that goal is and what it actually takes to get there. I mean, and I mean, and this is this was with me, you know, my senior year of high school. It's like, okay, like, like, what would I have to miss? Like, oh, your senior trip. What prom? What? Like, you know what I mean? Like people understand, like when you get in that area, you're, you're playing all the time. It's not. You're, you're on the road all the weekend. There's things going on yeah. with people that you spend a lot of time with at school 
and you're like, I, I can't be a part of any of this because I got to skate or play on the weekends or whatever. Yeah. And to, to lose that by, it's not because you're following your dreams, but you're following your parents' dreams. You know right. what I mean? And that's where I feel like, man, those are important years and you should be able to look back on those with, and I'm not saying everybody can look back on high school and be like, it was great. Right. Cause that's not the expectation, but at least like, Hey, I was doing what I wanted to do. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, sometimes parents can, they can kind of, I don't know, just take like an inventory of like where their kid might be at. And like, maybe he doesn't want to, and it happens at different stages, you know? Yeah. Cause I do feel like a lot of the time the, the player or the kid, like they've quit before the parents are, right. they, but they just, you know, you, really you've seen, you know, this is going back in time for, for a lot of people listening, but Ryan Leaf, the quarterback, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, his yeah. dad pushed him to be the next uh -huh. big thing. He had the physical talent and everything, yep. and it broke him. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, because it was not – maybe it was his dream, but the right. the path was not his path. No. And that's an extreme example. Yeah. But I think it happens on, on small levels every day, and – um, that conversation needs to be had of, you know, are you enjoying it? Is this what you want to do? Is right. this the level of work you want to put in? And I get it as a parent. You know, I have a daughter in, in high school marching band, and it is a grind. Yeah. Now that she's committed, you got to show up. Right, yeah. But yeah. I will say next season, is this what you want to do? And as much of a grind as it is, I think she'll say yes. And we don't want our kids to quit. Right. But it doesn't mean that because she quits, let's say she doesn't want to do band next year. Yep, yep. It doesn't mean that she doesn't want to grind it out in something else. Yep. And I think that's where a lot of people, they, they may see it. Well, I don't want my kid to be a quitter. I want mm -hmm. them to give it. Now, again, once you commit to the team, right, you're, you're committed, committed to right. the team, but in that interim, in that off season, it's fair to revisit it yes, yep. and, and say, well, okay, what do you want to, what do you want to focus on? Yep. It's not necessarily that they're quitting because they're, lazy or whatever whatever you want to avoid as a parent mm -hmm. you just not be passionate about it it's, yeah. it's hard to to grind it out if you're not passionate oh yeah, yeah yeah so yeah it's 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 interesting um being in the rink business for so long i've seen yeah and just the 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 ebb and flow from when i was managing a roller rink in the early 2000s to the you know how it's how parents handle players now oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. overall it's 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 gotten better, mm -hmm. but I remember one time, early 2000s, we had a league that had three teams in it, so we decided we were only going to give first place medals. Yep. We figured two-thirds of the league doesn't necessarily need a medal in a three-team league. Yep. Boy, did we hear it. <laughs> and this was the early 2000s was the time of everyone gets a trophy. Right, yeah. yeah. And... I'm I'm not necessarily for or against it. I, mm -hmm. I understand there are different philosophies tied to that. But given the league and the competitive nature, we just felt like two-thirds of the league shouldn't get a prize. Right. Um, some parents loved it. Others thought, you know. Yeah. And, and you could argue both ways. You're silver medalist. You, yeah. You, you're the runner-up. Um, but there was a lot of – it was snow plowing. Mm-hmm. Parents, were, they just wanted to clear the way to make it as easy on their kids as possible. They did not want them to deal with disappointment. Yeah. And kind of getting back to the loss builds character, I was coming from more of that philosophy as not getting the medal for me mm -hmm. is the drive for next year. Yeah. Um, and so you just watch that idea. They, they cleared the path, and 
I don't know if it helps or hurts, but it was, it's just, that's what it was back then. Well, but at the end of the day, like, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny you said that. Cause I, uh, I was in Tulsa this past weekend. I was back home and, uh, I was helping my mom move. She was like, Hey, like, do you want any of these trophies? Like I have old hockey yeah. trophies and I was really looking at them and I kind of noticed something. I was like, man, there's like not as many as like, I kind of remember, like, I remember there being more of these. And then I also remembered cause you know, I'm older now, but, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just telling the story here, yeah. but my head coach, my dad was one of the head coaches for most of my career growing up. And then, uh, it was like a, one of his good buddies. It was also, you know, a good hockey player, good coach. Um, but they would throw away our like second place, yeah. like all the time, like just literally like if they, there were times we might sneak away with like, a, you know, one or two or whatever, but I'm like, well, why don't we have these? And I remember they would literally stand by the trash can. And as we were on our way out, like, but they did it at such an early age that when we got later on, like we didn't want, it made us play better. Yeah. We didn't cause, because we were not playing for the second plate. Like there was no, like he thought the he thought the ceremony for second place was a waste of time, and it's one of those to where it got to me early enough to where I'm like, oh, I get this. Like this is a waste of time. This isn't why we're playing. Yeah, like, I, we're not playing for second place. I have one third place medal. Yeah, and it's from a national roller hockey tournament where we won right gold. Right, 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 right. The gold division, we got third place. Right, which for, is for, for, that was right. quite an accomplishment. Right. I have a I had a seventh place bowling trophy, and I kept it. Because I remember how embarrassing it was <laughs> to get a seventh place trophy. Right. That I kept it. Yeah. So I could look at it and go, I yeah. don't want to be seventh place again. I don't right. want there to be a handout of right. yeah, waiting yeah. for everyone else to get theirs. Yeah. But I feel like there are certain times where second place, like a silver medal in the Olympics, mm -hmm. any medal in the Olympics, you're going to be stoked. Yes, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. You medaled at the Olympics. Right. Yeah. But there are other times where as a team, you decide that that's not good enough. Right. And it's fair and you can hold both views at the same time, right? Like second place can be good. Right. But it also can be a failure. Right. Oh, yeah. Depending yeah, yeah. on yeah. the level of competition, what your goals are, what you're yeah. trying to achieve. And I, I think, you know, it's the idea of, of waiting it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wait the level of competition, the the, the tournament, yep. or whatever it is against what I'm, I'm trying to achieve overall. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're not focusing again in that minutia. You're looking big picture. Yeah. Is, 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 it's really interesting. Cause yeah, I don't have a lot of and it, second place. Trophies it, well, and the, what's funny is it, it taught us a lot. Cause I'm, I'm sure the story I just told everybody's thinking that there's kids crying and throwing their second, but, but it got, they did it early enough to where like when we'd get them, we would just throw them in the trash. Yeah. Like, you know, whoever's taking that trash out saw 20, you know, like, and there were the medals most of the time. They yeah. were like the big trophies, but they'd give us the, the lanyards or whatever with the medals and all, all the trash on the trash. So like, it may have been tough, like the first season or whatever, but after that, we were like, no, we get it. Yeah. Like it wasn't hard on us at all. It's like, no, this isn't, you know, cause I, I'm never, I'm, I'm never going to go show somebody my second play. Like right. that's never going to happen. There, there'd be a rare instance. And there are other folks that would be at the same event that yeah. that's the pinnacle. Yeah. You yeah. know, depending on where they came from, how they got to that spot. The fact that they made the team. Yeah. The fact yeah. that they, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And it, you can, you can, you can sit side by side with someone who holds it very differently on your yeah. team. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of gets, it gets muddied because we all want to put our view on. Right. Yeah. 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 What that means. Right. And, and it means it's different to every person. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's been interesting watching the evolution of, you know, parents involved in sports. And I will say this, 
at the at the travel and the higher levels now, it is the parents handle themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't yell at rink staff. You don't hear them yelling at refs. I mean, we all oh. will chirp a call every now and no, like, that was offside, but they are not pounding on the glass and going insane. No. Um, and and it was very different. Oh, I mean, 20 all, years ago. All you, you know, and, uh, as everybody knows, I'm one of the managers of Mansfield, but you can literally during a tournament weekend, you can, I could just call somebody and be like, put me on speaker and just hold me up. And I'll be like, it's U10s or yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's U18 yeah. or, you know, Play it's just the age division. Oh, just guess it. Yeah. yeah. And it's just amazing. Uh, Cause we, we do get, I feel like Mansfield gets some of the, the younger groups, the U10s, U12s, U14s, whatnot. But it's funny as the older the age groups go, it's like, oh, the parents, they're, they're the, more the, seasoned. They understand the nuances. Yeah. And, and they also know that, oh, if I'm going to get into a, uh, if I'm going to yell every time I think, then this is, a, yeah, they just, right. it, it gets, you know, you don't like the way the refs call it, go ref. Well, and that's that's the that's the other thing too. I always I always try and play out this scenario. If 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 each if each parent group from each team, if they could call the penalties, the game would be eight hours long. Yes, you know what I mean. Think about oh, yeah. it. yeah. Think about it. if each you know if they had a buzzer, if, if team if home team has a buzzer, away team has a buzzer, and every time they think there's a penalty, they get to call a penalty. Yeah. The game would never go anywhere. Right. It wouldn't last. Like it would last. Like I said, eight hours. Like nothing would ever happen. Like it would just be like my kid got, it's like, no, your kid didn't, um, which I'm not a parent and I, you know, so I can't really yeah. put myself in their shoes. But at the end of the day, after they see it for enough times, they're like, okay, like, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna chill a little bit. Cause we had, uh, I forgot what it, what it was like the U18 select something or another. We have all these tournaments, Jared, I get them all mixed up, oh, yeah. but we had, we had like some, you know, older age group kids come over and the parents were just, it was so calm and quiet and peaceful for the most part. Yeah. Every once in a while you get a little like, ah. Or whatever, yeah, but but yeah. but that's it. That's like the extent of it. It's just like ah, came and went. <laughs> it was just yeah. more, it was more just like he need the parent needed to be like ah, I don't agree with that. Yeah. But then it was just over. It wasn't like you know uh, I don't know a gang fight in between. You know yeah, uh, that running down the bleachers. Yeah. Oh yeah, glass, to the other the side. Yeah, yeah, and just you know to uh, and the thing is too, and I'm just gonna say this out for all the parents is uh, you end up embarrassing yourself and your child. Whether, whether or not you know it, uh, everybody just kind of uh, thinks that it's really embarrassing that you uh, try and get in these altercations well, at these games. Like, I understand if you feel that it's an unsafe environment yes. or the referee doesn't yes. care. Like, yes. let's yes. let's set a line. Yes. Outside of that, it's they're going to call what they're going to call. They're going right. to see what they're going to see. And I've I've repped a bunch and never once I've been, oh, oh guy in the third row thought it was been, okay, let me just throw my hand yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he's right. Yeah. They may be right. And I right. tell players this, like, you might be right. Right. I'm not saying you're wrong. Right. I'm saying I didn't see it. Yeah. Or the idea of, you know, once I, I actually, during our parents, or pardon me, our coaches meeting, uh, brought this to the coaches. And I said, there's refing by the rule book and there's managing the game. They're two yeah. very different things. Yep. And I give the example of you have two players behind the play and they're shoving. Maybe they're punching each other a little bit, not fighting. Just are, are they roughing? Right. Yes. Is it affecting the play? Not no. Can yeah. I talk them out of it and move the game along? Yeah. Hopefully. If I can, did they commit penalties per the rule book? Yes. Yeah. Is that what we're stopping the game for? No. Well, do you, do you remember, I think it was last year where the mics were on and they were talking about managing the game yeah. and anybody that had ever been involved in hockey at any point was like, yeah, that's, like, that's how you have to, but, but, the but then for some, for some reason, a bunch of people that don't know anything were like, this is cheap. This is against the rule. This yeah. is like, Oh my God. Like, and so now what they do is they just turn the microphone off. Right. Cause it's like, that's the way that it, it needs to 
be played. Yeah. Like nobody wants to see a game not being managed, but it being by 100% by the, because the, the game's not set up that way. No, there's too many variables. There's too many things going on. There's too many things that don't matter yeah. at the end of the day. And, and good competitors toe the line constantly. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. They I mean, find the gray. We, I, I like call them one minute penalties. Yeah. You, yeah. there are guys that are masters of the one minute penalty. Yep. As a referee, you're like, you just want to put your hand up. And you're like, but I don't want to lower the bar, but this guy keeps towing well, the line. What happens is when they get like, a f- you know this, but when they get a few one-minute penalties, yeah. then you're like, hey, that wasn't for that one. Right. That was for that it's one. Ch- and accumulation. The, you know what like, you're doing. Like, I need you to stop doing that, yeah. even though all of those things, because uh, that's kind of how my dad raised me. I'm a one-minute guy. Yeah. I'm a good one. Well, there's I'm, nothing I'm, wrong with towing the line. I'm a good one-minute like, guy. If, if, if the rule is that I can't do this... Let right. me push up against it if that's right. if that's my style of play. Yeah. And there are times where if you're playing a team that, hey, we've got to slow them down. We're just not as fast. I'll coach and be like, make the ref make a call. Yeah, yeah. Let's see where the line's at. Yep. You know, yep. and I, we're not talking dirty play. We're talking. No, no, no. We're talking yeah, yeah, clutching, yeah, grabbing, yeah, yeah. just yeah. things slowing guys down. Yep. And let the ref make the call. See how far you can push. That's that's being competitive. Yeah. Again, it's not dirty. I'm not. Don't hit them in the. Well, knee. I mean, uh, technically, and I say this. I know this is going to sound weird, but you're playing within the rules because you're allowed to get a penalty. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you're you're allowed to get a penalty. That's yeah. why there's good penalties. That's right. why there's you know there's you can you can kind of work that out. Yeah. Um. You know, there's certain certain things you can do for motivation. Certain things you can do to put yourself in a better spot positionally. Yeah. Um, but Jared, uh, so I will say that this has probably been, uh, it, this is definitely one of the, uh, I feel like better episodes. Um, but I also feel like we didn't talk a lot about you, but I also feel like that's kind of a good thing because, uh, it could go one of two ways. We could actually have like, uh, another episode later in the future about you. Um, but I also like when these episodes kind of turn into like hockey theory and you know, this is, yeah. kind of, th- this is what I like more so often than like uh, a biography. I'm pretty boring anyway. I, I, I no, enjoy this talking. Has been gr- no, I, I enjoy talking big picture because it's, you know, it's something that no, it's, we, yeah. we don't all get to talk about or, or, or really, uh, uh, send out yes. in mass. Right. Uh, it, we all kind of get in our little silos and, and yes. it's, it's, uh, it's nice to be able to discuss and, and put it out there for discussion, you know? It's, yeah. Agree or disagree, if it starts a discussion, people, yeah, people just say, think them before they act. Well, <laughs> and, and, and then I, I, I do try and make this show uh, very much about like, uh, uh, almost like not like an aid for parents and kids, but it, it is if, if you listen to the people I have on, most almost all the people I have on have long histories, uh, like in either the rink business or most of the time, uh, in the, the hockey life, if you will. Um, but it's one of those things where we're like, we can save a lot of people uh, time and energy just by saying, hey, this is how I was growing up. This is how I felt. I've been around this game for X amount of years. So you're going to listen to what my opinion is. You can figure it out for yourself, but we'll probably save you at least a couple hours here and there by trying to figure all this out on your on your own. It's the genera- generational knowledge. I have to give that to Dan now. Yeah, though. yeah. He said it. I wish I would have come up with it on my own. Just delete the episode. But he said it. Yeah, I, I can do that. Yeah. It was one of our. It was one of our better ones, though. Dan was uh, cut that part out. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can do that. <laughs> I can't go back and edit that. Uh, well, Jared. Hey, so we have this last part. It's called the shout out. Right. Um, you pretty much just vocally can do anything positive uh, into the universe. A lot of people do like their family. Um, some people do like mantras or like coaching slogans. Uh, I always put out there that you can do a sound. Um, Anything that would be positive 
that you can send out into the world. Um, that is what the shout out's about. Um, put me on the spot, but I think, you know, just the idea of be inquisitive, mm-hmm. not judgmental. Yeah. Ask questions. Right. And that goes, that is outside of hockey. That goes for <laughs> any and everything. The, uh, just the idea that, you know, we, 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 we don't know always what we think we know. So right. better ask questions than, right. than push in out the, judgment. In the, in the information age, it's easy to think that you know everything, yes. but especially in hockey. And I know exactly where you're going with that, Jared. But uh, it, is, uh, it is one of those things, too, to where um, I do feel like there are parents and families that, and this is what I appreciate, is when they are kind of humble and they're like, we don't know anything. Yeah. Like, can you just, because I'm like, oh, like if you're going to allow me to, uh, kind of give you advice or whatever, you'll be much better off. Yeah, It's the ones that resist it. And it's like, look, I got so much good information for you, but if you don't want to take it, I'm not yeah. going to force it on I mean, you. And heck, don't you not ask the next person next to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the same could, thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like, uh, you're also not paying me for any of this information. Right. Like, I could, you know, I don't have to give it to you, but if I'm going to spend the time doing it, then I just wish that you'd be more receptive <laughs> to it. You know, it's like one of those, like, if uh, if I throw you a bone, I don't want to know how it tastes. You yes. know, it's kind of kind of one of those things. Absolutely. But, uh Anyway, uh, well, Jared, uh, any other shout out? Uh, family shout out? No family shout out. Uh, you don't have to. No, I'm I'm good to go. Okay, all right, good. Uh, just always try and put that out there. Every once in a while, we get little comments in the thing, and it'll be like a grandma or something, and it's like you didn't give me a shout out. Uh, so I always try and uh, always try and throw that out there. But uh, anyway, all right. Well, uh, now it's time for my shout out. Um, and my shout out is going to be for um just all of the rinks and this isn't uh star centers this isn't texas this is just all the rinks uh all throughout the world i'm gonna go global i'm gonna go just the all the rinks so here's kind of uh and when you're in the rink industry um you know you're, you kind of keep up to date and you try and communicate with the people uh around you uh what do we call those people uh not acquaintances people in our business our rink industry business what do we call those people uh Peers isn't the right word. No, I know. I'm bl- I'm blanking on the word. I know exactly. It starts with the C. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other people that do what we do. Colleagues. Colleagues. That's the exact Jared. word I was looking for, Jared. Thank you. Colleagues. Uh, usually quick with the word, but couldn't come up with it. But our colleagues. Um. But yeah, like, there's a lot of rinks out there that are in this time of, and it's probably not just rinks. There's a lot of places that you know are understaffed. Like there's uh there there's there's places due to COVID that you know it's it's hard to get people to come into work. And I think that in the the broad uh, scheme of things, I think that we need to understand that uh, well everybody's really trying their best wherever you go for the most part, especially rinks, and that uh, we're still kind of dealing with some 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 COVID things and some. Uh, some some staffing issues, and like I said, this is not a Star Center thing. This is uh, uh, I belong to like this uh, Facebook page where it's a bunch of people all over the world, and we're all having the same problems all over the world. Okay, and it's not just rinks; it's everywhere. But if everybody could just have like you know maybe a little bit more patience for just people in general, uh, you know, if you show up to a restaurant, you don't get your food right away, maybe be a little, be a little bit more patient. Um, I do believe that most people are trying their best. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of people working at right now, um, that are just kind of, uh, they're just working hard and they're trying to do their best. And if you can give them a little bit of patience and peace and love, I think that would be beneficial for everybody. All right. Well, uh, Jared, you good? Absolutely. Thanks. I appreciate it. Jared, you were great. Uh, great episode. Uh, so I'm going to promise everybody next week, it will not be a star center GM. I promise it will not be a star center GM. Actually, I say that it could be, who knows? Uh, we're still figuring this out as we go. All right. Well, I'm going to do the Matt Taylor list now. You can check us out on faceoffspotpodcast.com, 
say that one more time. That's faceoffspotpodcast.com. You can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, yeah. And you can also check out Rubes Brews. Check out Rubes Brews on Facebook and or Instagram. All right. Uh, we should have episodes coming out every Thursday. I know I missed last Thursday. Uh, things have been a little bit crazy, but we will get back on to the every Thursday, uh, every Thursday schedule. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate all you guys listening and we'll check you next Thursday. All right. Later, guys. Thank you.